22 of the Bold Don't Lie podcast. My name is Audio More. Apologies if that was a little loud for you. Apologies if I'm a little loud for you. Working on a different board than I normally work on, trying to learn some new stuff. And um, yeah, but either way, we're here and I'm glad you're here. I don't know how to count. I don't know how to label things. I incorrectly labeled last week's episode number 92, even though it was episode number 91. So I apologize for that. And I'm thankful, grateful uh, for those of you that called me out on my errors. And uh, I do appreciate it. Baseball players are cheating. Stop me if you've heard that one before. Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm going to talk about basically just that. And I'm going to get a little bit into Joey Votto. And because, you know, I, I've talked about Votto before on this podcast. I've talked about he's one of the most polarizing and highly criticized individuals that I can remember in Cincinnati sports, in the history of Cincinnati sports. And I don't understand something. There, there's something that we do that I don't understand why we do it. And I'm going to try to get to the bottom of that, uh, not only as a Reds fan, but also um, as a baseball fan, because it, it just really doesn't add up. So we'll talk about Joey Votto in the second segment. But the first thing I want to talk about is is the story that's dominating baseball, and that is the sticky situation that is going on. So you did hear me correctly. Baseball players have been cheating. And this is no surprise. We we know about the Houston Astros. We know about the steroid era in baseball. We know about um, Pete Rose, and we know about gambling, and we know about all these different things that have happened in the history of baseball. We know about the Chicago Black Black Sox scandal because they threw the 1990 World, 1919 World Series, all these different things that have happened over and over and over again in the course of, of baseball history. And listen, I love baseball. I really, truly do. I think baseball is fantastic. There's nothing like I love football more than anything, but I there's a really truly a special place in my heart for the game of baseball, and I think it comes from where I live and and how I grew up and the team that I'm a fan of. It's a baseball rich city. It's a baseball rich uh, uh, franchise. An incredible history. It's the birthplace, literally the birthplace of professional baseball. So this is a huge huge deal to so many of us in this city and we pay close attention even when the Reds are bad and even when they haven't contended and even when they they have not even sniffed the playoff win in a playoff series win in years and so we pay close attention and and I think as Cincinnati sports fans and baseball fans specifically in this city we take things personally we take things personally when there's an attack on the game of baseball which is why there are few places on earth where you will find such hatred and disgust for Rob Manfred than in Cincinnati and the game of baseball than in Cincinnati. And that, that sure, the, those seeds of, of mistrust were sown long ago with the Pete Rose situation and Bud Selig and, and all that nonsense. And that, that's a story for another day and, uh, and all that. But it's important to us here. And it's getting some play here because Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer and some other guys are at the center of this situation that's going on in Major League Baseball. So let me explain it to you if you haven't been paying attention, if you're just out of the loop. There are certain uh, substances that players will use to get a better grip, pitchers, I should say, will use to get a better grip on the baseball. They do this so that the pitch moves more, so that the pitch um, is harder to hit, 
They just get generally more movement, more spin. That They can control it a little bit better. All these things. Now, if you've ever been watching any sort of baseball game or football game, you'll see quarterbacks, pitchers lick their fingers. The purpose of this is to get a little bit more grip on the ball. Quarterbacks are very famous. Drew Brees is very famous for that. He is constantly licking his fingers. And so that's you know the very basic, basic, basic part of this entire thing. And last year we had the COVID season, and baseball said, hey, we're not, we don't want to keep spreading this disease, yada, yada, yada. We know that you do this because you want a better grip on the baseball. You're not allowed to lick your fingers, but we will let you have a moist towel in your back pocket so that you can use that to get a little bit of grip. So baseball then is acknowledging and has acknowledged in the past that players use something. In, in the general case here, they use licking their fingers. They use their tongue to get a better grip on the baseball. And what they haven't acknowledged very much at all is the fact that there are other substances being used. Now, there have been times over and over again over the course of baseball where we have been it's been pretty obvious that a pitcher was cheating. They've got pine tar on their hat or under their belt or on their glove or on their wrist, and they just consistently go to it, get a little bit on their fingers, and blah, 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 blah. The, the thing about that, though, is that it's illegal. And if you go to the Major League Rulebook, there is a specific portion about doctoring the baseball. And the definition of the rule is this. No player is permitted to intentionally damage, deface, or discolor the baseball by rubbing it with any type of foreign item or substance, including dirt or saliva. Failure to follow this rule will result in an ejection and an automatic 10-game suspension. So this must be new, the the part here about including dirt or saliva and a 10-game suspension, because I'll get to that in a little bit, but there's something that I don't quite understand because they just said dirt or saliva and pitchers lick their fingers and that was okay for years and years and years. It goes on to say that the pitcher is allowed to rub the ball with his bare hands but cannot spit on the ball in his hands or in his glove. Also, pitchers are not allowed to rub the ball on their clothes, glove, or other body parts besides their hands nor are they permitted to pitch with an attachment such as a bandage, tape, or bracelet on either hand or wrist. They go on to say the Major League Baseball rules. While in contact with the pitching rubber, the pitcher is not allowed to touch his mouth or lips at all. He can touch his mouth or lips when in the 18-foot circle surrounding the pitching rubber. He is not permitted to then touch the baseball or the pitching rubber without first wiping his pitching hand dry. So... Let's let's finish this. The pitcher shall be issued a warning the first time he violates this rule, and then the umpire shall call an automatic ball for each subsequent violation. The pitcher may be allowed to blow on his pitching hand in the game and played played in cold weather, provided both managers agree to that exception prior to the start of the game. Now we're starting to see how this is a little bit outdated, but it goes on to tell us the history of the rule. Pitches using for, utilizing foreign substances such as the spitball were outlawed in 1920, but teams were allowed to designate up to two pitchers who could u- legally use the spitball during the 1920 season. Following that campaign, Major League Baseball designated 17 pitchers as legal spitballers who were permitted to use the spitball for the remainder of their careers. The spitball hasn't been legally used since Burley Grimes retired in 1934. 
So that's a little bit of baseball history for you, and a relatively embarrassing one at that. It, you can tell that Major League Baseball kind of has a history of just kind of making it up. And so this has become a big issue in recent weeks because of a story that has surfaced out of Los Angeles. It actually happened before spring training, during spring training last season. There's a man by the name of Bubba Harkins. He was the visiting clubhouse manager for the Los Angeles Angels for years and years and years. And Bubba came up with this um, substance that he would use that he, I, I don't know if it was sunscreen and pine tar or, or whatever it was, but he was famous around baseball for creating this concoction that pitchers would use to get a better grip on the baseball. And before the start of the season last year, Bubba was fired by the Angels, and there was a lawsuit and all this other stuff because Major League Baseball all of a sudden decided that they wanted to crack down on these banned substances, on doctoring the baseball. And Major League Baseball has a tendency to just kind of fly by the seat of their pants, and that's what they've done with this situation as well. And the reason I say that is because this has been happening for years and years and years, but all of the sudden now they want to do something about it. This is the same league that deadened the baseball without telling anybody a year ago. So what exactly are they trying to do? They outlawed steroids, and because of that, the era of the pitcher took over. And now... Because there's no offense and the game has completely changed in the way people approach the game, you've got the shift, you've got launch angle, you've got pitchers throwing faster than they ever have before, and on top of that, you've got pitchers that have been allowed to get away with doctoring the baseball for years and years and years that are creating, and, and now it's, it's I will say, it's reaching a peak. Like You see Twitter accounts like Pitching Ninja, you see spin rate, you see the analytics that are coming into pitching, and you realize what these guys are doing and how they are then turning this into their career and turning this into a pathway to the major leagues and how it's affecting the game. So pitchers begin to dominate, but there's one thing that Major League Baseball doesn't like, and that's that although nobody's really getting it, they are hitting a bunch of home runs, and we don't want a bunch of home runs. We want to encourage people, instead of trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark, that they just try to hit the ball. And so we're going to deaden the baseball a little bit. We're going to actually physically change the makeup of the baseball and not tell anybody and then see what happens. So we want you to get hits, but we don't want you to hit home runs, even though home runs are what our fans like. But also at the same time, if all you if all we do is hit home runs and strike out, then our game's not as fun. But we won't ban the shift because somehow that's okay. But all these other things are going on. And oh, by the way, the Houston Astros are stealing signs and we'll we'll punish their manager and their owner and their GM, but the players don't get any fault for that. They won't suffer any consequences. And now, Major League Baseball releases today, in a report by Jeff Passan, he said it is expected to, Major League Baseball is expected to announce it will suspend players caught with any foreign substance for 10 days, to with pay, by the way, 10 days with pay to help curtail the widespread use of grip enhancers by pitchers around the league Sources tell ESPN. The league is expected to distribute a memo. They distributed one last spring. That's what led to the firing of Bubba Harkins, by the way, the guy from Los Angeles. It's expected to distribute a memo to teams which have been briefed on the broad strokes of the policy change that outlines its plans to penalize all players caught by umpires with any foreign substance on their 
on their person, from the widely used sunscreen and rosin combination to spider tack and industrial glue that has become a favorite among pitchers who want to generate more spin on the ball. So they are basically expanding this rule. And Jeff Passan goes on to say in his report for ESPN, the legal interpretation of rules 3.01 and 6.02 section C, which ban the use of foreign substances, would discipline all substances the same. There is a broad consensus among players that spider tack is over the line, a high-ranking player told ESPN, a high-ranking person on the player's side told ESPN on Monday, the full ban on all grip agents could rankle the players. So they're doing this in the middle of the season, by the way. We're it's June the fifteenth, June the sixteenth, when I'm when most of you are listening to this, and they've decided that they want to do this in the middle of the season. So, like I said, there's several pitchers that are at the at the forefront of this. And in this Sports Illustrated article, Bubba Harkins provides evidence because nobody has gotten in trouble for this yet, except for Bubba Harkins the guy that was fired by the Los Angeles Angels. He has provided documentation with text messages from Max Scherzer, a two-time Cy Young Award winner with the Washington Nationals, from Adam Wainwright from the St. Louis Cardinals, with Garrett Cole from the New York Yankees and formerly of the Houston Astros, several high-level pitchers. He also told the Los Angeles Angels when he got fired that the stuff he creates is all over the Angels clubhouse as they speak. I looked at Trevor Bauer because Trevor Bauer has benefited a lot from spin rate, from pitching analytics, so on and so forth. And he is talking about this on his Twitter. It's Tuesday night. And I want to read with read to you a few of the tweets from Trevor Bauer. First of all, let me say let me provide some context. Tyler Glass now was injured. He is a pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays. He's one of the more famous pitchers in Major League Baseball. He knows he has nasty – he's known for having very nasty stuff, a nasty slider specifically. He got hurt, and he's probably going to have to have Tommy John surgery. He spoke with the media on Tuesday, and he said, quote, I just threw 80-something innings, and you just told me I can't use anything. I have to change everything. I truly believe 100% that's why I got hurt. I'm frustrated Major League Baseball doesn't understand. You can't just tell us to use nothing. It's crazy, end quote. So the player's point of view here is this. They need the grip to pitch, number one, safely so that they don't, so they have more control over the pitches and that they're not hitting more batters. By the way, hits, hit batsmen are up this year. And they're also saying that it takes less, less of a strain on their body to use these substances because then the substance does more than the arm or the wrist or the fingers or the elbow. That's what they're trying to say. But I don't know that you can say that without also saying that it's performance enhancing. What then is the difference between what Barry Bonds was doing and what you were doing? You know, they're very similar things. I think it's apples to apples in this situation. So Trevor Bauer quote tweets the tweet about Glass now. And he says, one, only one of the massive problems with what Major League Baseball is doing. They've knowingly swept this under the rug for over four years. Now they implement a knee-jerk reaction, reaction to shifting public perception. 
Hard to hear them talk about competitive integrity when they have no integrity to begin with. I agree with Trevor Bauer. And Major League Baseball has been on the receiving end of a ton of negative public perception over the past couple of years, specifically in the Rob Manfred era as commissioner of Major League Baseball. And so they continue to seemingly screw up everything that they do. And so when they continue to get negative reaction after negative reaction after negative By the way, they had a COVID season last year that was still delayed by a lockout with the Players Association, and there is a massive Players Association um, – oh, what's the word I'm looking for? A, uh, a, you know, the, the, green, the agreement – God, what is the name of that thing? I'm losing it right now. People are yelling at their phones. But the agreement between Major League Baseball and the Players Association – and the collective bargaining agreement. Thank you to me. Um, so a big CBA is coming up between the Players Association and Major League Baseball, and they have to figure out, somebody has to figure out who, what, when, where, and there's a lot of things on the table for these two. So Bauer goes on to say, to be clear, the memo is fine long-term. He's talking about the memo that players need to stop using these substances, and it will serve to level the playing field. That is a good thing. But to implement it mid-season, when for three months you've promised players and teams that nothing about your chosen enforcement of the rules would change this year and actively encourage players to continue playing how they have in the past, that's a lie. There's no integrity in that, so save it with the competitive integrity bullshit, MLB. All you care about is the bottom line of the business and public perception negatively affecting it. I think Bauer is 100% correct. I don't I think that that changing it in the middle of the season is bush league. I think that it puts an unnecessary pressure on your umpires because now they're going to be tasked, they're going to be the ones that are going out and and checking hats and belts and gloves and balls and all these different things for a pitcher. And then look at this on the flip side of it too is what about the catchers? The catchers are also handling the baseballs. The catchers are kind of between a rock and a hard place here because they're swinging the bat. They have to deal with players using this, but also they're contributing to players using this because I know for a fact there are catchers that also use the stuff that they send back to the pitcher. You know, they'll take a swib of it from underneath their chest protector or their knee pad or something like that and get a little bit on their fingers and throw it back to the pitcher. Like that stuff happens. Baseball players cheat. They have been cheating since 1869. They find ways to cheat. Everybody finds ways to cheat doing everything at any point in life. That's how that it's, it's the unfortunate part of human nature. Bauer goes on to say, while we're at it, Major League Baseball, please tell us how umpires who have never been trained to know what a, quote, sticky substance is or isn't are supposed to automatically enforce that uniformly. It's a great point. What is the standard for what is sticky and what's not? Might want to clarify that, you know, for the competitive integrity of the game. Bauer keeps bringing up competitive integrity because that was used in the Major League Baseball memo. He goes on to say it would be really unfair to have one crew think sticky is one thing and another crew to think it's another thing. Rules are so supposed to be uniformly enforced, right? Almost like you should have used an offseason to define that. Bauer is correct, but what the thing we got to understand about baseball is that they don't care about rules and they don't care about their product, and they've shown that time and time again, especially because there's no uniform strike zone. Every umpire is different, and every single one seemingly sucks worse than the other. Now, is part of that because of the fact that we get a strike zone on every single thing now? Possibly. But it's real frustrating regardless because – 
it's such a frustrating game to watch. And I tweeted about this a couple weeks ago. It's like sometimes I'm embarrassed to say that I'm a fan of Major League Baseball because the umpires are so bad. Because there's no uniformity in the strike zone. There's no uniformity in the way things are are really enforced as a whole. So Bauer's frustrated. He has said that he uses stuff to help himself. And the reason that pitchers are comfortable saying that is because there has been no punishment for it in the past. And look at it this way. What really is the punishment now? This Jeff Passan piece says that they are, that players will be suspended 10 days with pay to help curtail the widespread use of grip enhancers by pitchers around the league. So you're telling me if I continue to do what I'm doing and I get caught, I get 10 days of paid vacation? Now, if I'm a relief pitcher, that could be four or five appearances and I'm losing uh, a lot of chances to play and help my team. If I'm a starting pitcher... That could be one, maybe two starts, and probably an off day in there somewhere, so I may not even miss two starts, and I'm still getting paid for all of this? So what exactly is Major League Baseball saying here? This is the the, the, the constant problem with this league, is that they say one thing and they do another, and they're not consistent. There's no uniformity in the way that they create their own rules, the way that they enforce their own rules, the things that they tell players, the things that they actually do, what they is what is expected of umpires, what is expected of managers, what is expected of players, all these things. There is no consistency in Major League Baseball. And then you have the point that my colleague Mo Egger has made is that they continue to do this every time things get really, really bad. They will put some massive story out there to get attention again, to get back in the spotlight. And maybe that's what this is. And now I've been talking for 23 minutes about Major League Baseball and their ineptitude and their inability to really do anything right. And maybe that's what they want all along. People like me, people like ESPN, people like you know, who knows, Colin Cowherd, to, to be talking about them nonstop. Here's the thing that I find interesting. Maybe this is working. Buster Olney from ESPN tweeted out the slash line for Major League hitters from April 1st until June 4th. Players were hitting 236. Their on-base percentage was 312 and their slugging percentage was 417. So a 236 batting average, a 312 on base percentage, a 395 slugging percentage. First of all, those numbers suck. And that's an example of how bad the hitting in baseball has been. Then it says on June 5th, details emerged, so 10, 11 days ago, details emerged about how umpires, umpires will conduct foreign substance checks and how MLB has compiled foreign substance scouting reports on some pitchers. Since then, from June 5th to June the 13th, batting average has raised 11 points to 247, on base per percentage 7 points to 319, and 22 points in slugging percentage to 417. Now those are two that's a very small sample size and then a very against a very large sample size. But this does see this does suggest that perhaps there is something there. And it would make sense if pitches are moving less, they are easier to see batters are going to make better swings and get more hits. Fernando Tatis Jr told Dan Patrick the other day that he is seeing pitches up there now that he's never seen before in baseball. 
So what does that tell you? People, players, pitchers are taking advantage of what Major League Baseball has allowed to happen over the course of the last several years. And now, how much of an impact really truly is going to be felt by threatening players with a 10-day suspension with pay? That's what I don't understand about it. There's a lot of things at play here. There is a collective bargaining agreement on the horizon. The, the Players Association has wanted to change the baseball for a while. There is a, there is the, 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 the waning popularity of the game, Major League Baseball. There is a, a struggle for people to hit and excitement. There is a very small fan base for young people in this game. The attention span, number one, of human beings has gone down. And number two, baseball games, despite the several weird, odd changes to make the game speed up, they aren't really all that faster. They're faster by like eight minutes. So I don't understand really what's happening and all the different factors at play here. But I do know that it's frustrating that the game that that I love, that so many people love, is embarrassing itself over and over and over again. And you've got players fighting with other players. You've got players fighting with umpires. You got everybody seems to hate the damn commissioner. Nobody can get it right. And it's frustrating because all of us deserve better than that. Somebody who deserves a lot better from his own fan base is Joey Votto. I'll talk about Joey next. You're listening to the Ball Don't Lie podcast. Welcome back in to the Ball Don't Lie podcast. I'm Audie Elmore. I want to talk about Joey Votto for a minute. Joey Votto, the 37-year-old red first baseman, number 19. Our Canadian friend, as I like to call him, if you follow me on Twitter, which you should, at Audie Elmore, A-U-T-Y-E-L-M-O-R-E, 15 years in the major leagues for Joe Votto. And, you know, something we do, and, and I made mention to it slightly about Reds fans and how seriously we take things and how we get easily offended and all those different things. One thing that, that we have done as Reds fans, and, and I shouldn't say we because I, I don't participate in this nonsense, is so because of the way baseball works – there's an idea that small market teams are at a great disadvantage because there's no salary cap. Teams like the Dodgers, teams like the Yankees, teams like the Mets, the Cubs, so on and so forth, have basically an unlimited amount of money that they can spend on players, which gets them the best players, and the small market teams suffer, and they don't get a chance to win. To an extent, that is true, but the grand, the grand picture, the, the grand scheme of things, it's not all that true. Baseball teams and owners in every market has plenty of money, especially when it comes to TV revenue and all of that. And when you really look at it, none of those teams really do all that much. The Yankees haven't won anything in like 15 years. The Dodgers just won a World Series. They failed over and over and over again. You have had some major markets like the Cubs and the Astros win as of late, but then you have teams like Kansas City that have won it and Cleveland got there and, and places like that, that that just aren't as big of markets as the the thoroughbred Major League Baseball markets are. And and it's something to think about, but we love to bitch and moan about how much money Joey Votto makes. And Joey Votto makes 
a ton, ton of money. He he signed a $225 million, $250 million contract um, back after his MVP season. And so since 2010, he has made 7, 9, 17, 12, 14, 20, 22, 25, 25, 25, 25 million dollars a year and he's set to make 25 million next year, 25 million in 2023, and then a team option in 2024. The Reds can either pay him 20 million to play or 7 million to buy out the contract. And so obviously it, he, they probably won't be spending the 20 million in 2024. So he's on his last 2 years two and a half years now of his contract. And he's been playing in the big leagues for a little over 13 years. And Buster Only, who I apparently am a huge fan of because I've referenced him more than once today, uh, Joey went deep last night for the Reds, or I should say Tuesday night, Monday night for the Reds. Um, And Buster tweeted out Joey's career numbers. And let's just take a look at those for a moment. He has 1,939 hits. He has 1,233 walks. He's been hit by a pitch 61 times. He has 741 extra base hits, 303 career home runs, 995 runs batted in, and an OPS, which is on-base percentage plus slugging percentage, of .934. Those are very, very good numbers. And I was interested to check out the replies to the tweets because people are wondering, is is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? Is he a Hall of Famer regardless? I know some people that around here really uh, vehemently believe that he's not a Hall of Famer, that he's played too long. He's never been the absolute best at what he does. I don't know if that's necessarily true. There was a time where Joey Votto was the best hitter in baseball. He did win the MVP. He finished... I think third in the MVP voting one year for a team that won like 62 games or 70 games or something stupid like that. Votto at one point in time was the most feared hitter. And I think his own demise was that he became obsessed with on-base percentage uh, on not making outs. And it changed the way he saw the strike zone. It's changed the way he approached at the plate and he became far less dangerous from a power standpoint and much more dangerous from a standpoint of of just getting on base. And that helped him a lot in in a lot of different ways, but it hurt the team ultimately, and it's going to end up hurting him post-career when it comes to his stats. I mean, you think about his MVP season. From 2010 to 2013, he was an all-star every single year. He hit uh, 36, 40, 44, 30 home runs. And then had a down year in 2014, didn't play very much, missed 100 games. Comes back in 2015, hits 33 homers. 2016, 34 homers. 2017, 34 homers. 2018, 36 homers. And, excuse me, 2017, 36 homers. And then 2018, 12. So, all of this being said, during that stretch as well, he led the league in walks one, two, three, four, five times. And I just think he's so disrespected by his own fan base. He led the league in on-base percentage seven times. Led the league in slugging once. Led the league in OPS twice. Like, it's just, it's fascinating to me that a player of this caliber is so consistently criticized by this fan base. And I know I've talked about this before, and I'm not telling anybody anything they don't really already know. 
But I work in sports radio in Cincinnati, and I I did the Reds game a couple of nights ago, and the Reds won the the Reds won the baseball game. Uh, Joey Votto didn't get a hit. I think it was his first game back or or whatever from from an injury, and Votto didn't get a hit. I think he may have struck out. And the very first caller after the show or after the game to our show said he wanted to, this is the, a game the Reds won, by the way, and a, and a win that they needed, says, I want to talk about the worst first baseman in the National League, Joey Votto. Joey Votto is not the worst first baseman in the National League. Joey Votto is a dog, all right? He still bangs. Look at him in 2021 this year, 36 games played. He's got 31 hits, six doubles, eight homers, 29 runs batted in already. He's already walked 16 times. Has he struck out? Yes, 32 times. Not ideal. He's only hitting 237, but his on-base percentage is 324. Joey is being productive. And give David Bell credit, he moved him down in the lineup. I, I have said time and time again that the way Joey has has hit recently in the past few years, there's no reason for him to be up in the lineup. And, and now that he's moving back, you're starting to see a little bit more comfortable and the, the lineup is working and the Reds are starting to win more. And, and Joey Votto, I think, is the key to all of this. I mean, when he was hurt, they were not a good baseball team. And I just – I don't know how to make the point that I'm trying to make other than this is one of the great players in the history of this franchise, which is, as I said earlier, one of the most decorated, if not the most decorated, in the history of baseball. And instead of finding time – to, to bitch and moan about how much money Joey Votto makes or how his fielding has gone down, if he is still a productive member of your team, a productive batter in your lineup, and is still one of the all-time great players in the history of your franchise, then show a little bit of respect and trust that this dude is on the team, in the roster, in the lineup, for the betterment of your baseball team. For the betterment. This, is, this dude in his career, 303 home runs. He's also hitting 303, a career 300 hitter. He just passed Tony Perez in RBI as a red. Now, I get it. He's played a lot, 6,405 ABs. He's played in a ton of games. But to, to just to constantly nitpick on Joey Votto because of how much money he makes – is pointless because the Reds failed to surround Joey Votto with talent. They did in 2010, they did in 2011, they did in 2012, and they never took the step forward. Then they rebuilt. Then they traded a bunch of guys. Then, just a couple of years ago, he, the Reds spent a bunch of money on Nick Castellanos, on Trevor Bauer trading him over, on um, Mike Moustakis, Shogo Akiyama. They have, they have done things to surround and build a core of players, and it's starting to work. And is Joey Votto a Hall of Famer? I don't know the answer to that question, but I know that he's one of the great players in the history of baseball. I, I think you know one of the first replies to the Buster Only tweet was that uh, talented, but I think he falls in the Hall of Very Good. Uh, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Some people say he's borderline doesn't have 2,000 hits yet or 1,000 RBI. He'll finish above those numbers, but with how long he's been in the league, those numbers should be way higher for his position. That's that's correct. 
That is exact, exactly correct, and it's because so many of those years, despite Joey still having those power numbers like I talked about, 30, 30, 30, 30 home runs, he he chose to walk a lot more than he chose to swing the bat, and that might end up hurting his case for Cooperstown because of it. It doesn't take away from the fact that he's one of the great players in the history of baseball. So that is going to do it for me. Something to keep in mind is Ball Don't Lie. Hopefully I labeled this podcast correctly. I do appreciate you listening. Coming back next week, we'll talk a little bit about the Cincinnati Bengals maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I I have no idea what we're going to talk about next, which uh, which is great. And that is what excites me the most. Thank you for being here. Remember, have fun. Be safe. Go Bucks.